inner child healing and success. Embracing synchronicity with Kristen Putti. Join us on the Wellness Driven Life Show as we explore the transformative power of inner child healing and embrace the concept that nothing is a coincidence. In this captivating interview, Kristen, founder of and CEO of Cray Consulting, shares her insights on how healing our inner wounds leads to true success in life. Discover the profound impact of recognizing synchronicity and the interconnectedness of our experiences. Kristen also discusses creating a safe company culture and learning who not to be. Get inspired and empowered to unlock your full potential. Don't miss this thought-provoking conversation. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Looking forward to introducing our guest for you today. Kristen Pucci is an entrepreneur and business owner with diverse interests and roles in her personal life. She moved to Pennsylvania 11 years ago for college, initially studying psychology, but switching to marketing and business due to her interest in profiling. Kristen comes from a family of engineers, but discovered her love for construction during her senior year of college. After being laid off during the pandemic, she started her own company called Cray, which now employs six people after three years of growth and unique experiences. Please help me welcome Kristen. Hi, April. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, Kristen. It's a pleasure to have you on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm excited to get started. Cool. Well, let's start by introducing the audience a little bit more about you. You've got this beautiful, colorful background. Let's dive into it. Sure. So I guess we could start with Cray and then we're welcome to work ourselves back from there. But um, I think you explained me perfectly. I started the company a little over three years ago, almost three and a half years ago now. And um it was at the beginning of the pandemic. I was laid off, you know, 60 days into this new role that I started. And I was like, what the heck am I going to do now? And I always had it on my heart that I wanted to start a business. Um, and I just went for it. And I called an attorney and an accountant that was referred to me. And the rest is history. We absolutely uh, blew up, I think, due to a lot of, you know, my social media following. I did a lot of networking previously. Um, so yeah, we we started in the construction world. And now we've turned into a full-blown brand management company in um, Central PA. And we deal with everyone from, you know, high-level CEOs to construction companies, medical companies, industrial, all the way to celebrities. Um, and that's that's what we're doing a lot of right now. That's amazing. Kristen, I think you just fell into the perfect timing, would you say? And like so many people have gone into the entrepreneurial world and they're diving into this new venture of what can I do in business for me? And realizing that it's not as easy as they think. You have to have people helping, lifting, supporting, mm -hmm. and you got to spend money to make money. 
Yes, I totally agree with that. And I love that you brought that up because I'm like definitely a younger entrepreneur. This is the first business I've ever started. And I, I like to use that concept of spending money to make money. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, even my own age or some that do it the first time, they're like really worried about their spend and they're trying to like hoard their money and make sure that they don't spend it. But um, you got to be looking at it as an, as an investment, investing into the company, whether it's an employee, um, a connection, a CEO group, a, a software, you know, a podcast, something like this. You have to look at it as an investment into your company um, and just get out there and, and kind of meet as many people as you can. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you ha you're talking about you're you're young and you've won some awards for that. Is that correct? For your age and business and the uh, the things that you have done and accomplished. Yeah. So it's funny. I actually, for a long time, I didn't go on a vacation. Um, when I first started cry, just cause I think like all entrepreneurs, you're a little nervous to like leave your baby <laughs> and go off and relax or whatever. Um, and I, la I remember it was last year. Um, I left and I came back and I found out that I won all these awards. I won, um, 40 under 40, which was really cool, which I was way under 40. I'm literally turning 30, uh, this month. So I was way under 40. I could still even win it a couple more times. Um, and I also won 20 in their twenties, um, from here for young professionals. And then I also won, this was my, my favorite one that I think I won was, uh, the power 100 in central PA. So they take all of the most powerful people and they put them on a list of a hundred. Uh, and I was one of them, which I was so proud of. Cause I think I, yeah. One, just being a female in business, but two, being the age that I am. Um, there's people on this list that I've looked up to that are leagues and years and have owned multiple businesses mm. that were on the same list. It was so cool. Wow. How does that make you feel? I mean, like, of course, incredible. But I, I just really want to know from your words, what does that feel like to, to be in that realm, you know, along with those people that you looked up to? at such a young age, so quickly that you've created this reality? Sure. So I, um, I don't know, am I paused or now? Am I? <laughs> our lives were never the same after we learned our 21-year-old daughter, Kristen, was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. It's a parent's worst nightmare. How much did we really know about domestic violence back then? Clearly not enough. Now we know plenty. We know domestic violence, or DV, can happen to anyone. One in three women suffer physical violence at the hands of intimate partners during their lifetimes. One in three. I'm Bill Mitchell, host of the When Dating Hurts podcast. And my interviews with DV counselors, law enforcement, and especially actual DV survivors give the pandemic of domestic violence, the attention it deserves. The When Dating Hurts podcast. It's a series of lives being saved. Oh, you do look a little paused. I do look a little paused. Let me see if I can fix it. Oh, I just want to make sure I'm not paused. I'm sorry. So I just wanted to, I was getting distracted by that. Um, how did it make me feel? So I think it was when it first happened, it was funny. I actually wrote a really long LinkedIn post on it. And I said how I, uh, I never won any awards when I was younger. Um, I was mm -hmm. an athlete and, um, I wasn't necessarily the most, the biggest fan of school or anything like that, but I really loved sports and I had a major political situation kind of happened with my sports career that I was planning on going to college and everything. And I never, even though I was a, you know, a really good sports athlete and I was captains of all the teams and top scorers and all of that, I never won an award for anything. So it was really redeeming. I'd say when I became an adult, um, that I started cleaning house on all these awards for my business. It was just a redeeming situation. It was just, it felt so good. Like it's about time. I would say it just really yeah. felt like, okay, when it really matters, you're going to win the award. Um, and that oh, was like cool. That. a cool thing for me. Yeah. Like I, I had no, I don't need like the, as nice as it is to have an award and, you know, be in front of people and whatever, I think it's so much of it was for myself that, you know, mm. I just, and I think we'll kind of translate into this eventually, but that I think my younger self was sad for a long time that I never felt like, you know, mm. any, I should have gotten an award for, um, it just, it never happened. So as an adult, it, it, it was great. It was a really good feeling. Ah, uh, well, Kristen, I really love the perspective 
when I win an award, it's going to matter. And, mm -hmm. and so that's incredible that, you know, where so many of us feel like we, we should receive some sort of accolades for the things that we do. And we don't life is mm -hmm. hard, right? We don't always get what we think that we deserve. But I, again, I really like that perspective where it's going to happen when it matters the most. And yeah. so that feels really good to me. I like that you said that. Um, so you look good, by the way, even though you're frozen, you're smiling. So that's lovely. And we can hear you just fine. Yeah. I can move into a commercial. So why don't we start there? Let's go into our first commercial. And when we come back, let's see if that's alleviated. Stay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be. But we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. KimJacobsConsulting.com. You know, people say opportunity knocks on every door. Right. No. Opportunity stands by silently waiting for you to recognize it. So I want you to recognize that this is a time for you. This is an incredible time to have your own talk show. It establishes a level of credibility. Yes. And by being exposed to people on a regular basis, it allows you to strategically begin to impact and attract your audience. She can take you in a place in yourself that you can't go by yourself. So go to KimJacobsConsulting.com. That's KimJacobsConsulting.com. Did I say KimJacobsConsulting.com? Yes, you did. Very good. Make sure you go there and sign up for the coaching. And we're looking forward to working with you. You have something special. You have greatness within you. All right, All welcome right. back. <laughs> no, we're still stuck. <laughs> That's okay. You look great. And so let's just continue on with the conversation because uh, we can hear you very, very well. And I love your story so far. Now, you talk a little bit about, you know, child healing and how it helps with success when you do that work. What was that like for you? And I'm also very curious, you know, if there was something that came up for you, I mean, you had this not so much success to this incredible amount of success. Was there some sort of switch, something that happened in life to where, you know, it was noticeable for you to really open you up to these possibilities? Yeah. Um, so there's a couple, there's a couple things that I specifically remember just from my career path and going through a lot of inner child healing and therapy. Um, I learned that you keep meeting the same person over and over and over again until you learn that <laughs> you got to change something. So you stop meeting them. You know what I mean? There's a reason why yeah. you keep, and it might be the same person just in a different body. And mm. for my career, it was a boss. Um, it was the same toxic uh, type of boss situation that I kept dealing with over and over and over again. And it got so frustrating for me that truthfully, what motivated me so much to make change was I was pissed off. I was yeah. really angry. I was really angry. Um, and I was mad that I kept getting in these situations and like working for these people that I feel like didn't really care for me or they tried to, you know, abuse me in some, in some way. Um, and I was just over it and it just motivated me to kind of get out of get out of that space. So I sought a lot of healing because I was like, what's what's going on? I'm clearly attracting, you know, I'm attracting something. And I learned very quick through that process that uh, she compared it to dancing and how mm -hmm. when you're operating on a certain frequency or with a 
certain lie or belief that you have over yourself, let's say you're tangoing, right? And then when you heal that, you start waltzing. And so the things Mm -hmm. that you used to tango and who you used to tango with don't, you know, they don't understand why you're waltzing now. Um, But then you start (laughs) waltzing with somebody else. So it's really fascinating kind of um, how it happened, but it was, it was, it was a repetitive events over years and years and years. um, That really got me to a place that I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. You figured that out very quickly, um, quicker than most adults figure that out. You know, it takes people a long time to finally realize that. I think we're so stuck in this, you know, it's such a circle of repetitiveness that like, it's just not clear. Mm -hmm. We're in this fog of not knowing. And I really like how you explained it with dancing. Mm -hmm. I have heard of it spoken in different ways in different terms of how to think about it, you know, but when you talk about, you know, dancing in a certain way, and then now you're doing a new dance because you learned something new or you healed something Mm -hmm. and the people around you are going to be a little confused and probably not stick around. Yeah. So the way that I have heard it said once was, you know, once you grow, outside of people you're and you separate yourself from them you're not going to run into them like you're not going to see yeah. them at the grocery store you're not yep. going to see them driving down the street because your energies are just at totally different sure. frequencies now and so you have moved on and passed yes yes exactly um and I eventually just stopped running into those types of people anymore. It's almost like I repel them now um, and I can see who they are earlier than I used to be able to. Um, Cause it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I wrote a couple of things in front, like my personality even is just different. Like I, I used to be yeah. truthfully, and it's funny cause I work in a very male dominated field as most women do, but specifically construction. There was a period of my career that I absolutely hated men. And I was a true man hater to its core, as we see kind of in society now that, you know, some people, um, especially females, like we've been hurt by a lot of men, you know, whether it was parents, brothers, boyfriends, coaches uh, in my situation and, you know, as well as uh, bosses. And it took a long time and it took a really good boss for me to kind of learn like, hey, you know, not all people are going to treat you that way. When I started attracting something new, um, it was amazing that that healed for me. And I think when it's related to success is if I still was in that same mindset now, I would miss out on so many beautiful relationships with all these incredible men that I work with now. And um, just these organizations or even with women, just people in general, like if I still had that um, feeling of these people are unsafe, um, how many people I would have missed out on. Yeah. I love that you bring it up because um, it's so interesting. My my daughters and I went and saw the new Barbie movie. I don't know if yes. you've seen it or if our I audience did. has seen it. Yep. I <laughs> That's did why I'm wearing Yes, it was good. It was good, but I see where you're going. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, one of my, my youngest daughters, she was upset a little bit over it because she's like, I don't like the way that they portrayed men. Sure. And she's like, you know, they just don't give them enough credit. They make them portrayed this way. And but the reality, Kristen, is, is that she hasn't lived enough life to Mm -hmm. have been hurt by men before. And I, I agree with you. It's like I was in the law enforcement male dominant field and I had been hurt by many, many men. And it's easy to go into that state of I don't trust the opposite sex. And I, I can't be around them. And like you with finally having this incredible male figure boss Mm -hmm. to open your eyes, to see that there are good, regardless of the sex, the color, the anything, um, you know, that there are just different people all over the place, good and bad. And it took me falling in love with an incredible man to, you know, be able to trust again. And it's unfortunate that, that we can fall into that so easily because it feels like that, but you're right. I think it's that energy that we get stuck in and we just keep running into more and more and more of it. And it's like, well, why is this happening? So moving into the juiciness, this is what I'm really excited about. What things did you do to help move you into a different vibration to kind of see things differently. 
So it first started with therapy. Um, I started going to a Christian counselor years ago. Her name was Miss Lori. She was absolutely incredible. I just like by random got connected to her. And I started going to her for a couple you know, situations I was dealing with personally. And she just introduced this whole concept of the inner child healing to me that I never experienced. And mm -hmm. a lot of things that we deal with as adults come from childhood, right? It comes from yeah. the adults that we interacted with or kids. And because children are such uh, beautiful, um, how did she say it? They're such beautiful, uh, what is it? Observers. Children are beautiful observers, but they're horrible interpreters. And yeah. so they will look, they will look at a situation and see it through a, ch a child's eyes. And they don't necessarily understand it through an adult's eyes. And now that you're an adult, you have the capabilities of, of kind of giving yourself what you needed, whether it's what you needed to hear, what you needed to feel, what you needed, you know, all of these things. Um, there was a lot of that that I did not have that I needed to give to myself. Um, and I didn't realize that. So some mm -hmm. of these things like, um, it's just lies that you tell yourself or you, you know, you push over yourself or whatever. We work through them. So we would actually in therapy, I would close my eyes and picture myself younger sitting in a chair across from me and speak to her in ways that she needed to be spoken to. And that's, you know, tell her things that she needed to be, she needed to hear. And um, I think going through so many years of that, it's just made me really passionate about wanting to, especially women, men, everybody, like knowing that you need to, get your child on your inner child on track because they're mm -hmm. just going to keep carrying this stuff like a bowling ball, you know, in, a, in their back pocket. Um, and they're going to interpret life through this lens of hurt. If you don't, if you don't heal it. Yeah. What are some ways that you talk to people about that? Or is there anything that you do to, you know, motivate people to do that for themselves? So the first thing that came to my mind was uh, myself and one of my friends, we just did a big speaking uh, gig at a women's forum. And one of the things that I always say to women, again, or men, or even my employees is um, when they like talk bad to themselves or they like are nervous or they get anxious or they were, and they have these thoughts or they're like, I feel horrible. Or I'm so bad at this. I just look at them and I go, who told you that? Yeah. Like, who told you that? Who told you, who told you that you are bad at this? Who told you that you're dumb? Why? Like wh wh that didn't come out of nowhere. Right. And a lot of times it's us or somebody, when I, we were younger, we interpreted a situation and then we carry this along with us for however long. So it's almost like resetting yourself that it is a very intrusive thought that something's wrong with you or that, you know, mm -hmm. you have to be a people pleaser or you can't speak up or you don't want to ruffle feathers. That's a big one with women that you don't want to ruffle feathers, right? You don't want to make people uncomfortable. You don't want to stand up for yourself. You just have to right. kind of be quiet. And um, who told you that you needed to be like that? And just, okay. it just really resets you to go, hmm. Who did, who, did who did tell me that, you know, yeah. and sometimes it's a person. Sometimes you can go, oh my gosh, my mom told me that. Or yeah. my dad told me that when I was younger, an aunt or a grandmother, or, or even sometimes it's just yourself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now you come across as extremely confident and you just talked about speaking on stages. Was that something that you just were confident and comfortable with all along? Or did that take some time and practice? Because to me, I'm a firm believer that when you start speaking on stages or in front of an audience and you start sharing your story, there is so much healing from that experience. So what was that like for you? So it's funny. I, I've never been nervous and I, I attribute it to uh, being a dancer. Um, I was a dancer when I was in uh, young, ever since I could walk. My parents got me into dancing. And I think you get used to being, you know, five years old and a little leotard up in front of thousands of people, I danced competitively. So I was up on stages and I had my hair and my makeup done and uh, you'd be in the, with the bright lights shining on you and you're like, all right, don't mess up. You get comfortable pretty quick in front of being in front of people. Um, yeah. So I never really struggled with that um, in regards to being up on stage. Confidence in regards to business because I think there's different two different types of confidence. I think there's like confidence in your personal life and then confidence in your business life. I'm very confident in my business life. And for a long time, I was not very confident in my personal life. And I really struggled with, um, I think, just self-worth. And I think that also attracted, you know, certain people that I was dating, certain people that I was friends with. And um, yeah, it took, it took me to get there in my personal, but I was always there in my professional. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Now you talk a little bit about um, that nothing is a coincidence. And mm -hmm. you even 
mentioned it just briefly about how you just happened to run into this uh, person who helped coach you into learning how to do the inner child he healing. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about why you feel that way, that nothing is a coincidence. Sure. So I have a very strong faith. I have a great relationship with God. Um, and I believe that we have a path and we have a plan and we have a purpose. And I think it's your choice or not, because he's not going to force you to do it. He's the most beautiful gentleman that ever existed. And I think um, he's never going to force you to do something that you don't want to do, but he's always going to try to direct you back there. And um, again, through counseling, I learned, you know, we really were trying to figure out purpose and passion for my life. Mm -hmm. And something we were talking about was what are things that have been on your heart ever since you were a little girl? She's like, make a list. And it could be things that made no sense, right? I was listing like, oh, I loved watching Animal Planet, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'd be as crazy as that. And we just were listing these things off. And um, it's amazing how we looked at the list and then she goes, okay, now how are they connected? How are they in any way connected? And I, at the time I had no clue. But now when I look back at that list that we talked about like five years ago, I'm like, okay, I can see how... There, for example, there was something on that list that said, I can envision myself being in front of people speaking. I can envision myself, you know, doing these things. And now I'm checking off each individual one because I knew as a little, little kid, I knew my heart knew that these things were going to happen. So I think the closer you stay aligned to like what your soul is telling you, like get away from your brain, get away from your heart, get away. But like he really tells you what you're supposed to be doing. And I think it's our choice to whether or not we listen. So when it comes to, that's why I say there's no coincidences because um, everything circles back. Everything absolutely circles back and you have a passion for something when you're younger. And I think it's going to, you can fight it. You can fight that that's something that you're not into or that you don't like or whatever. But I think eventually you just, that's, I think, I think that's why I get pe people get lost a lot is they yeah. don't, they don't align themselves to these true passions and who they truly are. And then they like, you know, struggle with identity and, and whatever. But that's why I believe that there is. And I think everyone has a purpose and he wants you to, you know, he tries to push you in that direction, but it's, you get to decide whether or not you want to. I love that. Okay. So now everybody listening has a project and a super fun project to write down all of the things that you wanted to do since childhood. Like what yep. brings you joy? What lights you up? What are you passionate about? That is so cool. And I really like that you look back at it five years later and you're yep. like, I'm seeing, I'm seeing the connections and I'm yep. seeing how these things are merging into exactly. my life now and into the person that I am becoming. Yep, exactly. Um, it's beautiful. Yeah. And I would, I would tell everyone to write them down, even if they don't make sense, but these are like burning, burning things. Right. Mm. Um, and just write them down. They don't have to make sense. Just get them all together and then eventually go. All right. And then maybe it's a business. Maybe you're trying to find your purpose with a business. Yeah. Okay. So this is a passion I have. How can I make money from this passion? What, how can two or three of these maybe get connected in some way? And how can I go? Cause you, you will make more money than you'll ever imagine if you're aligned with your purpose. There's doors that will open that you never mm -hmm. can even imagine them opening. There's windows that will just fly open because when you're aligned in that, you don't have to worry about, am I going to make rent? Am I going to be able to pay my employees? There's been times even, you know, in Cray that like I paid my employees. And I didn't pay myself. There were certain times that we, you know, as all business owners have you, you run through bumps or you have to pay for certain things or you got crazy expenses. And I'm like, I know God wants me to be doing this. So he's yeah. going to figure out a way he's going to make it happen. And I just have to be aligned and keep working. You don't sit there, you know, you don't just sit there quietly and hope. And I mean, it's great to yeah. be still, but an element, he wants, he needs you to work for it. He needs you to show, you know, that you're, you're also aligned in the purpose as well. Yeah. So talking about business, you know, and you say that when you're aligned, things just start coming. The doors, I, I love the windows fly open. Yeah. That is such a cool reference. And how long did it take for you? Was it right away that you, you know, it just started making sense. The synchronicities started happening. What was that like for you when you went on this journey with Cray? Sure. Um, so I mean this in no way to sound arrogant or anything, but right out the gate, I no, I want that started with business. I got important. Well, I'm actually going to stop myself right there because that's an inner child healing thing that I need to work on. Is that I've been told, oh, you know, whatever, and I just need to go, Kristen, 
you're not arrogant. You know what I mean? That's, that's a moment I just caught myself right there. Right. That's something I'm speaking over myself, but well, and it's, it's a truth and that's what people need to hear and know, because you're right. When you find the thing that you're supposed to be doing, the synchronicities happen period. Yes. And so when I first started Cray, it was like the stars aligned, boom, 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 business blew up. Truthfully, like within six months, I had more business. I started with six clients right off the bat because what happened was I, when I switched jobs right before COVID, I, um, I did it very quietly. I was in a really bad mental kind of health space from, from where I was at. Again, it was kind of the tail end of my last toxic work environment. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was in a bad mental spot. I took a pretty easy job that I know I could just knock out and I would be good at it. It was something very simple. I could do it like the back of my hand. And that's what I needed for where I was in my life. And when, after that happened, after I got laid off, People were like, hey, why didn't you reach out to me? Why didn't you, you know, say I was looking for something or whatever? I said, guys, because I just needed to do this privately. I needed, I was going through my own stuff. I was not a good version of myself to go and work for some of these things. Mm. And um, when I first started Cray, they were like, I said, hey, you know, I could come work for you. I had these job offers. I said, I could come work for you, but maybe not full time. What if I did it part time? What if I did, you know, 10 hours, 15 hours, you know, something like that a month? And then I had some clients. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to stop you there too. Because what you're telling me is people just were willing to help you and tr- and trusted yeah. it when there wasn't a whole lot of evidence yet to none. see that this was going to work. <laughs> yeah, there was none. There was this was like right out the gate, I think. And that just came from um, I really made sure that I, I'm strategic with my time. I think when you when you started stepping into a place of like knowing your worth you're very, you're much more, Mm. you know, picky with your time, who you spend your time with, what you're doing. You don't like put your fat, your your foot on the gas all the time. Um, You really just kind of pick what you're doing. So yeah, when I first started it, they were like, I want to be a part of it. I want to, this girl, if people had told me for years, you should start your own thing. You should do your own thing. So I think by the time I actually freaking did it, you know, people were like, this is amazing. I want a part of it. And then fast forward to, you know, now we've worked with numerous clients all over, you know, Pennsylvania, the East Coast nationally. Um, and it's just been amazing. It's it's just and it, it, the only thing that could explain how a lot of these things have happened is just aligned with purpose. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really wanted to highlight that because um, I've seen similar things happen with the show. Like we just had people reaching out to assist and help and then the incredible connections such as yourself, the guests that come on the show. So I, I wanted to highlight that because I agree with you. I think that when you're aligned with purpose, like you said, that the synchronicities happen, that people want to help that. I mean, and it's amazing. It's pretty mind blowing when you think about it, because they don't even know that it's a real possibility that it's going to work, that Mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be this thing, but you know, and, and you don't expect people to do that for anything else, but they just will for this thing that you have. And so that's sure. a really great part of the the story when you know it's evidence mm-hmm. that you know that you're on the right track. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I I remember because I feel like it's one or two ways your business starts, right? You're either like scrounging for business, like I'll try to get anything or anything that I can, or it, it blows up. And I really, I don't know what it's like in the other side of it, right? I don't know what it's like if I first started Cray and then I struggled getting clients or whatever, but I'd say both are equally hard, right? Like they yeah. just are hard in different ways. I remember like, I'm, I mean, I was 26 when I started my company. What the hell does a 26 year old know anything about business? Really? Right? Like I, I, I taxes, insurance, you know, things like this that I just really haven't had experience yet. I'm still on my parents' insurance, right? Like I'm still, <laughs> yeah. I'm still on their insurance. I've never even had to deal with, now I got to get employees insurance. You know, I, I had no clue how to do any of that. So I considered myself like for the first two years plus I was drinking out of a fire hose, learning everything that I could. I, and I think it was beautiful because again, no coincidence, it really forced me to have to rely on other people for help. And it really yeah. forced me to have to reach out to people like accountants and attorneys and CEO groups and really be like and humble myself and just feel comfortable in learning that I can rely on people and that they will have my back when I'm struggling with something and and just go, I don't know the answer to this. I don't know the answer to this and I need help. And it's amazing to see that. And I was that person. I was I just wrote a post on it today that like I used to struggle asking people for help and I would carry this enormous backpack of just like 
all these bricks of just, I can handle it. Yep. Just keep piling on. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And then like you get to a place that you're just like, Kristen, no, you can't. Yeah. Though you, you can't be everything to everyone and you can't, yeah. you know, do everything. You're not, you need to be good at what you're good at. And then you need to outsource the rest, you know, you just outsource the rest with people that are just trustworthy and they're honest and you like them and they like you and they're good people. Um, and you just do what you're good at. Just stay in that lane and, and don't try to be everything. You know, that's a very important message to people, um, regardless if they're running their own business or just in life in general, to be able to ask for help. We we can't do great things on our own. Mm-hmm. We We have to do them with the support of other people. And that's just such a reality. I really like to highlight community and the importance of having each other. We're, we're meant to be on this earth for each other, with each other. And we do the most incredible things together. Yeah. And I just think, so again, through therapy and counseling, all that relationship, we were meant for relationship. We were meant for relationship with our creator. We were meant for relationship with husband, wife. We were meant for relationship with children. We're meant with relationship with employees and friends. We're meant to have relationship. So when we try to live in this way, like I used to, that I never get too close to anybody and not let don't let anybody get to get too close to me. And that's not a fruitful way to live. That's not a full way to live. That's just, you've just built this big armor around yourself being like, yeah, I'll get close to this person, but not too close. And I'll not, and it's like, how are you supposed to, it's beautiful what happens through incredibly vulnerable conversations and being fully open with people and admitting faults and admitting I need help. Um, It's just beautiful what happens. And then you have, you meet, you know, some of your best friends and they're like, Hey, you know, I'm bad at this too, or I'm struggling with this. Um, And you only get so far. You just, it's, it's not a full life when you don't completely open up. Kristen, do you have a good example of, you know, you've been running the business for a few years now. Was there a time when it was feeling really challenging and you did feel alone to where you had to go to that point and you asked somebody, do you have a good example of an experience that you went through? Yep. So I was dating a guy um, that, you know, again, after therapy, you just find that maybe they weren't the necessarily the one for you. Right. <laughs> and it was fine. But I was with him when I first started my business and that, and, and it's funny because it's been years since we've been together. So now there's a little bit more of a thankfulness for him than there was at the time. At the time, I could honestly have hit the guy with my car. Like I was just that angry. You know what I mean? And he happened to also be a client. He, you know, he was one of my first clients when I started the company and we'd been dating before I started the company and everything. And it got to a point that when we, when we split up personally, the, how bad the split was personally, it obviously is going to affect the professional split as well. Right. Yeah. And I found out I wasn't dating that good of a dude. And I found out, and I think through difficult and stressful things, people show their true colors. And I, and I'd say this, this, this man came after me in every way that he could emotionally, physically, spiritually, whatever. And he really tried to take me out. Um, And I almost let him. And I have never been so low. I've struggled with anxiety in my life, but I've never struggled with depression. Mm. Until that period of time in my life that I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this company. I'm not, I can't do this at the same. Cause it, what happened was I had to do all of these things at the same time. I had to go buy a house. I had to, you know, move parts of my business. Cause I'd been working, you know, partially out of his home, out of my home. I had all of these emergency. I had to hit the emergency button in like six categories of my life while also running this large business. And I thought I was going to break. Like I thought I was going to have to shut the doors. Sorry, guys, I can't do it. I'm going to tap out. And I don't know what got me through. I truthfully couldn't even tell you. I imagine a lot of it was my faith. And I just think my great employees that I have, they went through it with me. My dad, you know, was he's working with us. And that time he let just I think he just recently started. And that was amazing, too, to see how my dad showed up for me in ways that I'd never And like as a kid, you see it different. But as an adult, you just. I have a full appreciation for how my dad supported me through that situation because this was also a man that he was just friends with, right? For however long, however many years. And mm-hmm. it did, it almost took me out because it was just, and, and it was hard. And it took me a long, long time to just not have so much anger because I'm not an angry person. I'm really not. And 
I just, I was in such a sad and angry place. I felt like there was so much injustice that had been done to me. And I'm like, I'm here we go again. You know, you get into that spot that you're like, here we go again. I got, I thought we got out of this. Right. And now looking back, I'm so thankful for the relationship. Um, it taught me so many things and I am thankful for it. I'm thankful that, you know, he was around when I started the company and I learned so much of what I want and what I don't want. Um, and it was, that was definitely a major turning point for me in regards to just how I feel about myself personally, how I feel about myself professionally. And um, yeah, that, so that, that would be, that was a big one. That was a really, really big time that was, was very difficult for Kristen Pucci at Cray. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing that story mm -hmm. and very vulnerable too. I, I really like how, you know, integrated your father and how, you know, that really transitioned the relationship that you had with him too mm -hmm. during yeah. that time. Yeah, that was, and that was very cool because my dad, you know, it's funny, I, I, both my parents are engineers, right? So emotions aren't necessarily the biggest thing to them. They're very analytical, data oriented, <laughs> whatever. And I was always a very you know, feelings-based kid. I was always very sensitive. I always had a lot of emotions. Mm. I had a lot of feelings. Like, you know, my whole family's engineers and doctors. And I'm like, I want to go to school for psychology. Clearly I'm different, right? And yeah. it was amazing going through such, it bonded us in a way that yeah. I am thankful even too, looking back, that it bonded him and I in a way that he saw his daughter be able mm -hmm. to get through this and just in so much pain. And he just was completely instrumental that he, I think again, no coincidences. I saw a man stand up for me and protect me and show up for me in all of these ways that I never really had experienced before. And it gave me a new expectation of that's how men are supposed to show up. How my dad showed up in that was that's how men are supposed to show up. So I think, yeah, to any of the ladies out there that are maybe listening to this, I get it. There's people that have heard us along our path, but that's not everyone. There are good people out there. There's specifically very good men out there. You just got, you just have to find them, you know, and they'll find you. Um, just do mm. the work, just do the work to get there. Ah, that's awesome. That's very good. I agree with that. Mm. All right. Well, we'll move into our next commercial. And when we come back, I want to talk about, you, you mentioned creating a safe company culture, and I'd love to know what that means to you. Stay sure. tuned. Welcome back. You can find out more about Bella Grace in the description below. And Kristen, coming back to you, I wanted to bring in one of our comments. And Manly says, speaking of health insurance, how's your thumb? <laughs> Manly, that's so funny. My thumb is okay. Um, so funny, but not funny story. I just had two neighbors move in next door. My, my, I had really good friends that live next door and they had the two little kids. They were so cute. Uh, they just moved recently to go back to their family uh in Pittsburgh and I uh the new family moved in they've got these two really big dogs and I have a big dog and there's some mm -hmm. holes in the fence and we had a situation happen yesterday with all the dogs in the backyard through the hole in the fence and that's what caused me to trip and fall down the stairs and I hooked my thumb on that you can imagine so I got to get my thumb checked out but um yes thumb is okay I don't think we're broken but I also am not a doctor I got to call my brother 
Um, so it's it's all right. It's doing okay. I've been doing talk to text all day and phone calls and dictations and things like that. But thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, and you know, it, there is so much when it comes to running a business when you have to start thinking about insurance and employees and how all of those inner workings. I mean, there's such a huge uh, network of of ongoings that you have to start thinking about. And um, you talk about a safe company culture. When did that really come to the forefront for you that you had to start thinking about that? So <clears throat> I think it's closely related to why I started a company. And one of the reasons I found and I kept like pushing, it, it kept coming to the forefront of my mind when I was working for other people was I would notice and observe things that would happen in offices or like see how managers would treat employees or even how employees would treat employees or employees would treat managers, or whatever. It just seemed so gross for a long time, like just disrespectful, just like not there's just lack of trust. There's just lack of honesty. There's a lot. And I learned a lot about who I didn't want to be if I got the chance to be a manager and a leader mm -hmm. one day. Right. Like, and I think I always was a leader, but I think now I'm just even more of a leader than I was before. I have more of a um, audience and so it's just interesting that, um, yeah, I, I learned very quickly what I didn't want to do. So when I started Cray, I knew exactly how I wanted to be treated and I knew exactly how I want, didn't want to be treated. Um, and I knew exactly how I wanted to treat and I wanted my employees to be treated. And one thing specifically was me as I wanted them to feel very safe. And mm -hmm. because there'd been so many times in my career that I hadn't felt safe whether um, it was physically safe or it was emotionally safe or just, you know, anything like that is that you feel safe and secure to be able to come to your boss. Cause I'm supposed to be a leader. I'm supposed to be a manager, right? Who, what type of leader and manager am I if these people are scared of me? And I'd worked for people in the past that they, I think that was part of their, you know, MO is that they wanted to be feared and, um, and they were. And I think that's why they didn't get quite as much, you know, work out of people or they use these scare tactics. So my girls are, are really cute and they would, you know, if they were on here, I know that they would say this and they've said this many times about me that they say that Cray is a place and has been uh, for kind of lost young 20 somethings to come and seek healing and uh, yeah. be a place that they can grow into beautiful young women. And I've, and I've hired mostly women so far. I have some men that obviously work with me as well, but they obviously are both female. So that's what they said. And um, that it's kind of a, a, a safe haven for them to come and grow up like, because I think it's my job as a, as a leader and a owner and a manager, or whatever, is that I'm not just teaching these people how to, um, grow in their careers, but also how they should be growing professionally, right? Like people's relationships affect their work, uh, their, thoughts, feelings, their emotions, their mental health affects their work. It's all related. It is all related. And yeah, I just think, um, yeah, I've, I've really spent a lot of time making sure there's certain things that I do for them, uh, whether it's during the week, during the month, during the year that they know that they're taken care of, they can come to me, they don't have to be scared of me, um, they can mess up, and I'm not going to freak out at them. Uh, they can go and get their hair done at two o'clock on Thursday. And then I'm not going to jump down their throat. Thank you for letting me know. You know, I trust that you're going to do more work when you get home later after you get your hair done. So um, that's something I'm very, very passionate about. Okay. So speaking of that, that's really like a work-life balance and allowing somebody kind of holding them to their word, you know, that the work is going to get done. Um, so they are able to live their lives, take care of themselves and their children or what have you. Um, so have you found that doing things like that and leading in such a way is really working? Yes. So I make sure that they see me and it's funny, we talked about the thumb, but I want them to see me as a human. Um, and I think a lot of bosses and leaders think that they can't allow their employees mm. to see them cry or to see them yeah. fail or to see them admit failure or, Hey guys, I need to take a mental health day. I'm just, it ain't it today. I got, yeah. I'm not coming in because I'm not going to show up well. And you guys are going to hate because I'm, you know, I'm feeling a control for I'm feeling control freak ash today. And it probably is not a good way for me to show up. Um, yeah. Or I'm constantly on self care. And I am, you know, scheduling appointments for myself and they see therapy, they all have access to my calendar, they see my therapy appointments every single week, uh, going to counselor. Um, and I and I tell them about it. 
and I and I'm very honest with them about my stories and who I am and what's going on in my personal life. And um, because I want to create that type of culture that you feel comfortable bringing that stuff to me. And if I'm older, I, I need to be who I needed when I was younger, when Chris, when younger Kristen was in some of these jobs, I needed somebody like who I am now. So that's always my my goal is just to be what I needed when I was younger um, ah. roles that I was in. That's I just try to be that for them because I see a lot of them in me and I see a lot of that in my clients. And I just I'm like, hey, I've been through that already. Let me save you some heartache. Yeah, <laughs> what we're not going to do, you know, and whether or not they listen. Hey, they listen. They you know, they don't want to do it. They do do it. But at least I get I plant the seed. And I think that's just the, the important thing of, of a leader is just to plant some seeds. That's a wonderful perspective. I like that you bring it up that you are trying to be what you needed back then something that you needed that's what you show up so that's very much leading by example also by putting your personal life on the calendar so people really see how you're creating that work-life balance that's very mm -hmm. interesting and i love to know that that's working i'm very curious are um has anybody asked you to maybe conduct some studies about work-life culture and leading and anything like that, because you're doing things so differently than the norm. Um, no, no one's ever uh, asked me to do any studies or anything, but I think it would be really interesting if I did, um, because I know, yeah. like, for example, I'm in, a, I'm in a CEO group called Vistage, and a lot of the people in my personal group are a lot older than I am. And some of the ways that I'm conduct, like my business, for example, is 100% remote that would scare some people to death, right? They would be like, oh my gosh, I can't see what my people are doing all day. What person really wants to see what their employees are doing all day? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what the heck is that? What a boring life, you know, to watch them do what they're doing all day. And also what type of employees are you hiring that you think that you have to watch them all day, right? It kind of goes hand in hand. So yeah. for me, it's like I've created this culture that yes, is very different, uh, but it works. I mean, like my team, they're hard workers. They, they are quick, mm -hmm. they are fast, they are very good at what they do. Um, they're so passionate about what they do. And I think a lot of that is just they see, I think, one, how passionate I am. But two, I give them the freedom to like be themselves and and figure out what they love. And yeah, some of them are, you know, Gen Zers or early millennials or whatever. So they're still figuring out their purpose and everything in life. But I'm giving them an, an environment that it's safe to, to do so, um, which I love. Yeah, I love that, too. I, I mean, it's just very refreshing to hear you say how you're going about business. And I think there's definitely a, uh, a shift happening, of course, ever since we have experienced COVID and we're learning how to conduct business differently. And we're seeing the things that didn't necessarily work before. And when we keep doing the same things that weren't working, they're not working you know, what are we doing to, to make a change, to make that shift? And there's a lot of fear in that old school mentality where, um, the, the growth isn't happening quite yet, but yeah. I think because you are kind of leading in that and at the forefront of that, you can be that example to, Hey, this is what I'm doing and it's working. Sure. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm totally with you. And I, and I have no shame in, you know, saying, I love to tell people we're fully remote. I love to tell people that my girls can go get, you know, my employees can take a day off or half day, or they need to go get their nails done because that's the only appointment available during the yeah. week. Like you're, you're not just hiring workers. You're also hiring humans. Like these people have their, the, yeah. what they do for their job is only a small portion of who they are as an entire person. And I just think if they feel that they are well taken care of and they're appreciated and whatever, they'll run through walls for you. But you, you can't do that when you have somebody under your thumb. And I remember what that felt like to me, right? And I want to hire A players. A players don't want to be micromanaged. They don't want to be micromanaged. They don't want to be told what to do. They don't want to, you know, say, where are you all the time, right? I used to get a text from this, this woman I used to work for. And, I, you know, it's not like I wasn't doing my job. I was. I was hitting sales contests and I was, you know, top, you know, salesperson in the office and things like that. And I'd be getting texts. Where are you? What are you doing? Da, 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 da. And it's like, I'm doing business. I'm doing yeah. business the way I'm doing business. If yeah. you think I'm not really somewhere, then, then say that, but don't micromanage me. Mm. You know? mm -hmm. And so I just remember what that felt like. And I make sure um, yeah. that I don't do that with them. So, yeah. So speaking of 
doing so many things and working remotely. I mean, you, you have created a business, you're leading other people, you're wearing a lot of hats and yes, you have a team and you have people helping, but how do you, Kristen, go throughout your day to where you're maintaining your well-being? Like what habits do you have on a daily basis to take care of you? Yeah, um, this is a great question because for a long time I wasn't taking care of myself. Um, and I think that's what led me to my, um, I, I developed panic disorder right before I started Cray. I was like mm -hmm. about a year and a half, two year period that I was crippling anxiety just to the point that I'm like, it, it felt like almost like something in my brain just like flipped one day. And I was scared to, I was scared of everything. Like, and, and that's just not who I am. I mean, like you tell me that I look like someone with all this confidence. You're, you're right. I was this person scared to drive, scared to go to work, scared to go to business meetings, wow. scared to go to do things with my friends. I just, I was like, this. something happened to me. I was just fearful of living. And Again, now that I'm through it, I'm so thankful that it happened because I think it taught me really um, good, they call it work-life balance, but just really good practices to make sure that I'm, I'm checking in with myself, like yeah. that I'm okay. And I never want to go back there again. So I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to never go back to that place that I, that such dark place that I, that I would never wish on anyone in my life. And so things that I do are, um, one is I don't pile too much on myself. I don't try to be everything because I did that for a long time. So what that mm -hmm. looks like for me um, is I delegate a lot out that does not have to be me, like cleaning my house. I have a cleaning lady. I got a big 65 pound German shepherd. She's got a lot of hair. I'm not vacuuming. You know, after I work a 10 hour day, I'm not coming home and vacuuming my entire house. I'm tired. I'm done right? <laughs> I'm doing that. So cleaning lady done. Do I need to mow my grass? Does it need to be me? No. Do I need to uh, handle uh, certain returns with things? You know, I, I, yeah, I compared it to like a first shift and a second shift. Like you have your first shift of your life is your work. And then your second shift. And I know a lot of women will resonate with this, especially single moms and, you know, whatever, um, or even dads, single dads, single, you know, parents, just in general, people that run businesses, you go from your business day job to your second shift of taking care of the house, taking care of the kids, taking care of the dog, taking care of whatever. Yeah. When is the, the time for you to just breathe and relax? And which one am I going to give up? I'm not going to, I can't do both. Which one am I going to give up? Well, I'm sure as hell I'm not going to give up my business. I can give up cleaning. I can give up, you know, yeah, I could save a couple bucks and I could mow my own grass. No, I'm not doing that. You know what I mean? I could pay John. I could stimulate the economy. He'll be happy as ever. He's out there mowing my grass. He loves it. He does a better job than I would. So to me, it's like, that's how I keep myself balanced. I try to not stack mm. too much on so I can have a very healthy social life and I can have a healthy um, eating schedule. I can have a healthy uh, time for me to unplug and re relax. Um, but that's something is, is boundaries with my time. Mm. Um, trying not to pile on too much. That's what I, I would say for anybody that maybe doesn't have quite as much help, right? Maybe they're not married. They don't have, you know, kids living in the house. And maybe if you're a, a single individual living in by yourself, there's, there's a lot to do when you own a business and you can't do everything. Yeah. yeah. But that's mm -hmm. excellent advice. I, I agree with that. Delegated out all the things that you don't need to be doing so you can concentrate on the things that are most important. Yeah. And, and I like that you added in that, that healthy eating schedule, you know, that's kind of yep. maintaining, you know, that it, we have to fuel ourselves yep. and there's certain times that make the most sense to do that. Right. Yep. So we can be more effective in our yeah. daily things. I'd like to talk actually about food um, because I think food, I'm big on um, food, nutrition and supplementation and things like that. Um, I go to regular doctors. I also think people should always get second opinions with naturopathic doctors. I think it's just interesting to have two uh, opposite ends of the spectrum kind of checking you out. And so for me, for example, like when I was attacking the anxiety situation, right there, that can be related to so many things. Like anxiety is not just something going on in your brain. And I, for some reason, that's what we're told, whether it's like a, a pharmaceutical commercial or whatever, that it's like a brain thing, which it, it very well could be. But 90% of it has to do with your gut. 
And then like this other part, you know what I mean? Like there's all these, it can have to do with nutrient deficiencies. It can have all the things. So I, when I look at, there's a problem with my health, because again, me to have to run at the speed that I have to run at all the time, I got to be in tip top shape. Right. So I'm constantly supplementing myself. I food prep like crazy on the weekends to make sure I never have to wonder what am I eating during the week? That's the worst, right? Yeah. Everybody knows it. And then if you don't have time, you grab a bar and a beef stick and you run out the door. You can't survive off bars and beef sticks guys when you're trying <laughs> to run a multi-million dollar company. Like it just doesn't happen. So yeah, you need to make sure that you're taking care of yourself just as if you were a plant. Like, am I getting enough water? Am I eating enough food? What's my soil look like? How am I spending time? Am I resting? Um, cause we do, we, we push our bodies so far and then we wonder why we have these ailments and these issues. Um, yeah. and you gotta, you gotta take care of yourself. Food is, yeah, medicine. it is. Do you, do you have a, a regular physical routine as well, where you, you move your body? You said you were a dancer. Do you still practice that? So no, that's, that's something for, I, I need to get better at is I, I have, again, I mentioned I have the dog. So I go on lots of walks with her, but I think it's funny. And I, I saw, I don't remember if it was a podcast or a video, but they said for like athletes, when they get out of the period of time that they're playing all those sports, they struggle finding like a routine workout. That's fun for them. Cause it's mm. like back when I was playing basketball or if I was dancing, there was a purpose behind the activity that I was doing, right? Like if I'm yeah. running, I'm running to get faster so I can steal a ball and then I could score three, you know, that's what it was. When you're just an adult, you're just run. Why am I running? Like, what am I running for? What am I running to? Like, <laughs> what's the point of running? And I just, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm truthfully, I'm struggling with that. And that's something that yeah. I would love to get better at. I've tried personal trainers. Um, I've tried boxing. I've tried, you know, all sorts of things that I've liked for a certain period of time, but like trying to find something that I think I stick to, I enjoy other than walking um, would be great. I, I wish I had a better answer for you there, but that's definitely a weakness on my end is like physical activity um, that's consistent and good for my body outside of, you know, walking and I mean, my job's very active. I'm constantly on construction job sites, taking photos of everything. So you got to be in good shape for that. But um yeah, that's something I'm definitely still seeking and towards the tail end of this year and the next is finding something I really enjoy like that. Yeah. Well, what I'm hearing is yes, you're physical and you get out and you move your body and you walk and do the construction sites, et cetera. But you're you're talking about finding something that you really enjoy, like like it's it's joyful. It's not just the the walking movement, you know, but something that you can really embrace and have fun with. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved boxing for a long time, but now that I've learned more about, um, I mean, it's just, it's amazing too, right? Like we talk about like men versus female and stuff, even just in business, our bodies are so different, right? Like yeah. the work day was very much so created for, you know, how men's hormones even just operate, right? Men's hormones reset at a 24 hour period. Women's, we got a 28 day, 31 day cycle, right? Like our work just made different. And so when yeah. I'm thinking about things that I need to do to take care of myself, unfortunately, I don't think we're one size fits all. And we have to find things that work for us. We have an entire cycle. We, we are aligned more to the moon. You know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. like, we have to figure out things that work for us. Um, so I'm very aligned with, you know, me being a female and, and hormones and everything that happens. Our bodies go through so many things throughout the month. Um, and I'm trying to find something that aligns, which I know is very unique, but uh, I know I'll find it. I just haven't found it yet. You will find it. And I, and I think it's really cool that you bring up, you know, how different we are and how women's bodies are aligned in, in different ways and to explore that maybe. Yeah. So Kristen, it's been awesome. An absolute pleasure to have you on the wellness driven life show. Is there anything else that you want to share with our audience today? Oh, I'm sure I have lots. I'm going to say if you've ever wanted to start a business, and you're scared to start a business, I would really ask you to just be dig deep and ask what you're scared of. Right. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when I talk to people, they're like, how did you know when it was the right time? How did you know you're, what you're doing is amazing and what you're doing. Yeah. I think people talk themselves out of becoming a business owner because they're mm -hmm. so scared of like, what am I going to do with my kids? What am I going to do with my family? What if I run out of money? For some reason, I think people forget that you can go back and you can get a job. <laughs> 
They, I don't, I don't know why, like it's, there's this like fear of like, oh my gosh, if I do it and I fail, then it's like, you're like, that's it. It's there's no going back. There's no going back. And it's like, just go get a job. If you're a highly employable person and you've got a good characteristics enough so that you want to start your own thing, you're a highly employable person. If you want to start your own thing. Okay. So yeah, like, I just think for those of you out there, it is the absolute ride of your life. But if you've wanted to do it, just try it. Just go for it. What's the worst thing that's going to happen if you fail? You run out of money. Okay, go make more. They print it every day, right? Like at the same, like you just don't be scared. Don't be scared. Just go for it. Just try it. You don't want to get to the end of your life and go, something I've always wanted to do is start a business. Just go try it. And if it doesn't work, okay, go back and get a job. You'll survive. You'll be fine. But you got to do the things that you really want to do that are deep down in your soul and that you feel like is aligned with your purpose. You need to just go do it, go try it. Worst case you fail, whoop de hoo you fail all the time. Uh, but yeah. what happens if it goes really well, you're going to be thankful that you did. Uh, awesome. Awesome message. Incredible. Because I believe there's going to be like this perfect, wonderful world where we're all doing the things that we're passionate about that we love and it's really going to elevate humanity and when we do that when we decide to step into that unknown and embrace that fear and yeah you are going to fail many many times and that's just life so cool message i want to invite everyone listening watching to go check out her website. It's www.crayconsulting.com. I have it up on the screen. It's also going to be in the description. So yeah, check that out. That's Cray Consulting, K-R-A-E consulting.com. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. You're welcome, Kristen. Okay. And for everyone else, goodbye for now, and we will see you later.